This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! High Hopes Podcast. It is a I only saw three of the six games since we last spoke because I survived COVID edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Fritzy, I'm back, buddy. I had COVID. How you doing? Well, I'm glad to say that uh, the yo uh, was not impacted. So no, it's, and it, and you know I thought an appropriate level, not over the top. They won two or three from the Cardinals, which was great. I heard that they lost two or three from the Braves. I remember none of it. Now I thought an appropriate yo. Yeah, the the Brave series we don't need to talk about. Uh, the first two games were demoralizing, and I was back to being bummed about the baseball team. And really, my only you know huge thought off of the Brave series was like, I need that team to just go away. Like, I, it's pretty much <laughs> as simple as that. Like, I just I can't. I can't take that team. I, I can't take any aspect of the team. I can't take how uh, annoyingly good they are seemingly every year. I can't take my baseball team not being able to be as good as that team. And, uh, yeah, so we don't need to talk about it. We, we could talk about the, the last game where they scored 14 runs and, and demolished them, but that was a good game. The first two games, you didn't miss much. It was demoralizing. And uh, they moved on and took two or three from the Cardinals. Really should have swept, but uh, much higher hopes on this podcast. Yeah, that was a fun, uh, uh, enough fun loss, a close loss. That second game where they battled back really felt like felt like they should win. And I, I've been in a fugue state all week, so for the second pod in a row, last time hungover and probably the beginning stages of COVID as well. <laughs> Who knew? Um, so you're gonna have to carry me twice in a row. So you know, I'm just I'm just coming yeah. out of this, Jack. Oh. So I mean, just what else is new, right? I mean. I mean, some are saying I do that every single podcast. So, you know, I don't know if that's like a, I don't know if that's like a change of course. So, um, but what? Welcome back. What did you expect me to boot? What did you expect? Sunshine and rainbows and and flowers? flowers. Yes. All right. Bouquets of flowers. (laughs) We haven't spoken in six days. I was asleep for two of them. Like, you know, something, some sort of like, Wow. Well, nice to talk I don't to you, know, pal. Like, uh, you know, like we said, I mean, you've, you've been basically off work for a week and a half. You, you've you barely left your house. I don't, I don't think you've actually Not left barely. your house. No, actually, Emily, the, the, we got to tighten this pot up today because Emily would like to go out for the first time in six days and get something to eat. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just like, it's and he couldn't even make the, he had to sleep in late again today, you know, we could have done this earlier. Was not you know, my I, intent, that one. That one kind of just happened. So, yeah. Well, listen, many people are starting to question the work ethic of one member of this yes. podcast. Um, I'm, de- I'm definitely and- going through a lull right now, Jack. I think it's fair to say I'm definitely. You have dead arm. I'm Zach Eflin. Yeah. I got a heavy body. I really did have a heavy body this week. Let me tell you, man, it was hard to stand up at times. So it works. Yeah, out. I don't call, call I, me the Zach I'm- Eflin of this podcast. I'm very curious to see what you're going to look like at work. Like you're going to have to jump back in that thing and oh, be ready to go. Boom, boom. Right back in. Um, I, yeah, come on, hmm. come on, Jack. You know me. That's what I do. I come back. I jump right back Zoom. in. Yep. I say, let's do a 20-minute podcast, and I'll get out of here again, and we're good to go. You know, that's what I do. Yeah, I, I'll say this, James. You know, I think you as a person 
Um, you you, you kind of resemble the Phillies right now, where it's like <laughs> I want to give up on you, but I but I but I just can't. I just can't do it. Yes, this is it. This is it. We found it. Yep. Yep. And sadly, we all know I'm never actually gonna win. So this is this feels about right. Yeah, it's a perfect analogy right here. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Yeah. So, <laughs> so hey, is there anything worse that that you or a friend, a co- co-host, anyone can do than compare you to the losingest team in the history of sports? I don't know. I don't know. Man, they're only the losingest team in the history of sports because they've been around the longest. You well, know, like yeah. I, they're not that bad. I mean. It's, <laughs> It's led to a lot of brutal, brutal summers, but they're not that bad. They're, they're bad. only they're only bumped up by by you know being around since 1883. Pretty, pretty you know, bad. it's pretty bad though. I mean, now oh, listen, yeah, it's I mean, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. hey, hey, like I always say, James, and I want to keep things in perspective because I think that's important. Um, at least it's not okay, as bad you're, as you're when a big went. keep things in perspective guy. <laughs> yep. Yes, totally I'm not. A, I'm not. I don't get over the top. <laughs> not, I don't. Never, yeah. never. It's always no. very even keel with you. Just remember. It can't possibly be as bad as when, as when they went from like 1916 <laughs> to 1954 <laughs> without like making the playoffs. Without like a winning season, I think. No, yeah, they had one winning season during that whole entire time before yeah. the Wiz kids. So yeah. it's not <laughs> that bad, I guess. But um, listen, they're 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 playing they're playing good ball. They're 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 playing good solid baseball, and you know, I just. I think a lot of people looked at when Bryce went down, it was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. They're going to totally fall apart. And, yeah, you know, um, losing Bryce and, and him being the MVP of the league and um, how good he's been so far this year, their record without him would suggest that. But, you know, I, we, we sit here about a, a week in knowing that he's going to miss the next, I don't know, month and a half. And I'm telling you, James, I still have this weird feeling that they're going to stay in it. Like, I don't think that they're going to completely crumble and, and completely fall out of this thing. And and that Cardinal series is, is one of those kind of checkmark, can they survive without Bryce kind of series because the Cardinals are ahead of them in the standings. I mean, Nolan Arenado was, like, ridiculous this And series. Goldschmidt. I mean, both those and, guys. It's insane. Yeah. And... And they they weathered the storm there a little bit, and uh, they should have won Saturday. You know, uh, Gibson was a disaster. Um, you know, the first time in MLB history, I guess there was four straight home runs to, to in the in the first inning of a game. Yeah, well, I looked it up, and I don't know if this is still true, but it was from like 2020. But it's only happened 11 times ever. That was the 11th time in the history of baseball that it was back to back to back to back. Like I would have sworn it was. There are less perfect games than there are more perfect games than back to back to back to back home runs. It's crazy. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure, like they said it on the broadcast, and I, and I I don't have the stat in front of me, but I think it was the first time it's ever happened. Like there was something related uh, to probably four probably home runs. probably for, uh, uh, if I had to bet, considering it's only happened eleven times, probably the first time it happened with two outs and no one on in the first inning. That's for sure. Yeah, so uh, something along those lines because, like, they mentioned on the broadcast. It like, might well, be the first time it ever happened in the first inning of a game. I mean, if it's only happened 11 times, there is at least a decent chance that it's never happened in the first inning, you know? Yeah, so uh, besides that, and so they had that. They had Arenado having, hitting for the cycle for the first time. Since, oh, like, yeah, Zalonic. buddy. How about it? And Which is insulting, again, because David Bell I, still, still... I will say, up. I will say, if it... if. If Mark Gruzelanik had been the Phillies holder, I don't think it would be a big deal. I would be fine with Mark Gruzelanik being my cycle guy. Love Mark Gruzelanik. 
Uh, he's a fine little card. He's a fine little uh, player. Fine little expo. Grizzlonic got a nice little career there. I'm, I'm down with Gruz. Well, I mean, they had they had Grizzlonic, they had Isringhausen. You know, just oh, know, too many buddy. big names for for a successful those baseball. Are your, those team. are your two it, go-to's, not not Pujols or. Well, you, you know, know anyone could say Pujols. Whoever the hell you want to say, go those. No, guys. I would say my Cardinals growing up were David Eckstein, uh, Grizzlonic, Matt Morris. Jason Isringhausen. Sure, sure. That's about it. Okay. It's <laughs> a good list, man. It's a good list. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a World Series, yeah. it's a World Series winning list right there. Which is embarrassing, but whatever. <laughs> no, twice. Yeah, go ahead. But I will say that, um, so, you know, I just keep watching the team and I keep waiting for them to kind of fall apart. And I, I just don't see that, that, that really happening, you know, and, and Derek Hall coming up and they put him immediately into the four hole, which is just where hilarious. were you when Derek Hall saved the season, Jack Fritz? I know. I know. It's ridiculous. Um, well, before he had the single and like the eighth, his three hits were all home. I know. Well, so. it also is such a, like, I mean, it's such an indictment from a roster building perspective when the guy you bring up because of the injury at this point in the season just steps into the four hole, like just shows how clogged up you are at one spot when it's like this guy would not just get called up, but hit in the cleanup spot. You just didn't have a spot in your lineup for him before. It's so silly. Yeah. And, and um, I also wonder like how long, I mean, Girardi would have bat him, what, like ninth? Oh, eighth, I honestly, seventh. I think Girardi would have brought him up, have him sit on the bench for a week or so to get a feel for the major leagues. Then he'd pinch hit a few times, and then eventually probably seven, eight hole in the lineup, probably, depending on construction, you know, who's before and after, of course. Yeah, so it, honestly, credit to them, like, having the, the kind of stones in a way to come up and be like, listen, you're going to bat the four hole, and... You know, honestly, it, it does make sense just from the standpoint of wanting to keep the less, uh, the rest of the lineup kind of in consistent spots. Um, but still, it's and just so shocking. he's a better hitter than the guys lower. Like, whatever. Like, I don't care if he just came up in terms of a, he's a better four hitter. Like, he's someone you can put in the four hole who can drive in some runs for you, hit a home run for you. Like, the guys at the bottom of the lineup can't do that. It is what it is. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. First time it ever ha First time it happened for the Phillies since 1939. That a guy made his like major league debut or whatever in <laughs> the pretty wild. Pretty wild. in the cleanup spot. So um, yeah, and, and and you know I don't know. It's just Saturday, even though they lost and and it sucked that they lost and they probably should have won that game. Just the fact that they fought back and and the, and the fact that they they made that a game, made it a tie game. We kind of feel like they should have won that game. You know they're down five nothing in the first, and I just continue to think that. In years past, in, in the beginning of the season, they probably just roll over and, and fold and, and don't try to – they would try, but I, I wouldn't have much faith in them coming back. But there's just been little things these last couple of weeks where it's like this is why I continue to think that they're going to be a good baseball team and why I think they're going to be okay without Bryce. You know, obviously you need the talent to kind of um, – you know, carry you. You need the Cassianos. You need Schwarber not to go into a July swoon after an unbelievable June. Uh, you need Reese to be the same thing. But it just the like the Derek Hall moments, the the Garrett Stubbs moments, the Bryson Stott walk off. Like there's just little things. Like the bullpen starting to round into form here a little bit. It seems like so. Um, they're gonna have to. They're gonna be tested here because of obviously with the the injuries on the uh, starting pitching staff, and I don't know where they turn to. You know, it'll be Chris Sanchez, but like I don't trust Chris Sanchez. Uh, Bailey Falter, I I like, but has not really 
you know, uh, backed up my likingness so far at the big league level. So it's going to be some kind of choppy waters here for a little bit because, you know, we have about uh, really, I mean, less than a month until the trade deadline. But really, you know, this this whole thing kind of picks up in the next two two, three weeks, um, because obviously teams are going to hold on to their guys as long as possible to try to get the maximum return on investment. So really these next two weeks, as long as they can kind of stay afloat here and, uh, you know, the Nationals coming in town this week uh, is another example of hopefully being able to get continue to be over 500, get to maybe, I don't know, crazy, six, seven games over 500. Um, but regardless, I just, this Cardinal series is big for me from the standpoint of I think they're going to be okay for the rest of the summer. Yeah, I have a I have a similar feel on in that perspective. Like this team fights, I think it's a different vibe around the team. The way they've played without Bryce shows it. And this series is a good example. You know, the the I think even though they didn't win the the Saturday game, the the battling back from five nothing like that and and doing it by like kind of whittling away like bit by bit, not just the beginning or not just oh we we tied it. Like like they fought back and they made their way back and then they stayed in it and you know, they they lost, but they they fought, a, you know, it was, a, it was a tough loss. It was a good loss. Like, you know, Nolan Arenado hits a home run and beats you. Like, that That happens. You know, like, you played a good baseball game. You fought hard. I'm with you. My, my bigger concern with this team is absolutely the other teams in the National League more than it is them. Like, I do think, to your point, they have proven to me that they're going to survive without Harper. And I want to get to these other injuries in a sec because I do think that's kind of you know, where the bread's going to be buttered right now over this next stretch of the season. And, and they do luck out with the ulcer break coming up. So at least a little bit of extra time potentially for some of these guys to get better and whatnot. But I do think they're a good baseball team. And I think that's something we really haven't been able to say the last few years. They have shown that they can battle adversity, that they're not just going to crumble here and all that. I'm much more concerned about the fact that the rest of the National League is good and they might just not be good enough, especially with the injuries they have. That That's my bigger concern. But I agree. I think they've proven they're they're a solid baseball team, and they're they're a group of guys who are going to fight. And it's no matter what, this is a different vibe type of baseball team than we've had here the last few years. And that alone is exciting. We still need guys like look. I mean, I mean, Nick Castellanos. I could do a a, a a hungover podcast with COVID. It turns out, and then come back from COVID ready to roll. And you can't get freaking hit a baseball, man. You said you came here to hit baseballs. You have a college degree. You hit baseballs. Well, buddy, might want to go to college right now, all right? Like, come on, pal. Sorry. I'm, I'm I, No one I on know. this planet it makes hurts. me angrier than Nick Cassianos right now. But let's let's stick to the injuries because we don't, you know, Emily will kill me if we go way too long today. So let, let's dive into some stuff here. Um, with the, the Ranger injury, the Eflin injury, the, the obviously the Harper injury, this team being tested right now, the Segura injury. Forget about Segura. It's so funny. Like, when they lost Segura, it's like, oh, my God. And now it seems like an afterthought with all the other stuff that's happened. But, you know, with these injuries, this time right now weathering it, especially because after the All-Star break, the schedule does open up. And to your point with the trade deadline, it's going to be a very interesting deadline because Part of what the whole uh, you know situation the Phillies are in with eight teams for six spots in the NL means it also means that all those other teams are out of it and they know they're out of it. You know, other than maybe the Marlins or whatever who th- thinks they're not out of it. So like, the, there's going to be teams with pieces to sell. So this is a really interesting w- couple weeks here because these games are tougher after the All Star break. It it gets even easier but they got the cardinals here again they got the blue jays coming up like they got a couple tough games along with the nats the marlins coming up here 
What what do they need to do? How do you feel about this team? First of all, how do you feel about the injury? The Ranger one particularly, because that kind of came out of nowhere. The Eflin stuff, we've kind of been dealing with as it goes. But those two injuries and then how it's going to affect this team, particularly over the stretch before the All-Star break. Well, yeah. I mean, the... um the starting staff was always kind of my big concern. You know, I think I said... Yeah, you um, said that was your number one trade request last pod. Yeah, so it, it nothing's changed. Um, <laughs> you know, because I think, I think the outfield, it's definitely not great, you know. Uh, but I I like what I see from Veerling. You know, I want him to play as much as possible. Um, yeah, O'Toole's just been so... Like, he has the three hits, and then he strikes out on Saturday, and it's like, well, there it is, and... Uh, his numbers with running runners in scoring position is just atrocious. Um, and then Mickey had the big hit on Friday, but you know we'll see we'll see there. Um, so outfield, you know, it's definitely not a strength. Um, but when I'm looking at the the concern level for this team, like they they need a starter, um, especially if Gibson's given you uh, the efforts that he's given them um, since June. Um, because get, the, get ERA, the smile, get the smile out of your voice right there. You're, I can see you being like, I told you all Kyle Gibson stinks. I could see it. I could hear it. Well, I, well, I don't, here's the thing is that I don't want him to. Stink. Right. I Smile's the wrong <laughs> word. The, the knowing smirk is what I could hear. Yeah. All right. Well, he just, he drives me nuts. I um, know, buddy. I know. But was it cause ERA heading into yesterday, uh, in June was like 5.8. So obviously that went up. Uh, or heading into Saturday is, is going up. So, like, I don't think you can trust him totally at this point. I'm sure he'll round into form and be a fine, like, four or five, whatever. Um, like, I don't think he's going to completely fall off a cliff here. But, you know, Ranger's been hit or miss even when he has been healthy. And and Eflin, I just – I don't know what we can get out of Zach Eflin at this point. Like, I, I you know, I, I want him to be great. I love Zach, and, and I, I think he's shown flashes of being really good, but I just can't trust it at this, at, at this stage. So, um, you know, I, I – as soon as they could try to get a starter, I would kind of go for it. Um, I just, I just don't, if you're like, it's it, you look at the, the, I was looking over like the depth charts yesterday and I was trying to find like, all right, who could be the, the small under the radar uh, pickup that would help this team immediately, um, you know, and, and give them some, some quality innings. And it's like, there's just not a name out there because even the bad teams, like, unless you want to trade for like Jose Quintana, like, sure. I mean, that's fine. But you know, like there's the, 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 the bad teams mostly have young starters that they want to try out um, and see what they have. And then the teams that do have pitchers, you know, the Reds, Frankie Montas, we'll see what happens there with the, why he left the game yesterday. Not a great sign heading into the trade deadline, but you know, it, it's, it's mainly Luis Castillo and, and Frankie Montas, you know, and no team is going to trade one of those guys right now. And if you do trade for one of those guys, you're paying a crap ton to kind of do it. So, you know, it, it's on this team to kind of get creative. You know, they, they've, they've done a good job in the bullpen of finding under-the-radar pieces that have helped them, the Nick Nelsons, Andrew Bellottis. they got to find a, the starter version of those guys, frankly. Like, they got to find one of those guys because, you know, I don't know where they turn to if, if Sanchez can't get the job done, if, if Falter keeps being okay, and these guys continue to miss time. There's not really another name. There's there's Kent Emanuel, who they got this offseason from the Astros. Maybe he's a guy. Uh, Plasmeyer is a guy they, they traded uh, Austin Wins for with the Giants. He's been, like, okay at, at AAA. It, it, you know, it, they're not going to do this, but it seems like they're kind of fast-tracking Griff McGarry. But there's just no way that, I could, that he's going to be up here – taking down starts for this team. I would be, I would be shocked. So 
really, again, it's pretty much just tread water here and and hope that, you know, you can kind of survive until the trade deadline. Yeah, the names are not super exciting when you look at, you know, whether ALR or you mentioned some of them, like really the Reds are the only team that have, you know, and it's not even elite guys, but, you know, potentially elite guys or guys who could be, you know, close to elite, the Castillos and, and Maley maybe a step down, you know, potential-wise. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it gets ugly. I mean, like, Arizona, like, you know, uh, Zach Davies has been pitching okay for them. Like, do you want Zach Davies? You know, Merrill Kelly, like, these type of guys are not even there anymore. Like, that, that like, you know, it's going to be names like that that are going around. It's, a, you know, the Frankie Montas, to your point, and, and assuming he's healthy, you know, that's a a diamond in a, a group of, of coals, so to speak. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, Jose Quintana, a perfect example of a name of a guy who's had success in the past is pitching fine for Pittsburgh, you know, a low four ZRA type guy. Like it's not exciting. It's innings eating type of stuff. But to, to the point you just made, like if we're talking Christopher Sanchez or Bailey Falter for an extended period of time, then you know what? Like, yeah, Jose Quintana is better than that. He is, he's better than Christopher Sanchez. So, you know, it is, it is one of those balancing acts where it is a question of this team is going to need someone in that role. And it's a question of what are you willing to do? Are you willing to go in and like really make a move for a Tyler Maley or someone you think has the potential to make a difference for this team over the stretch run? Are you trying to kind of tread water and, and survive, you know, until guys get back? Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's honestly, it's, it's it's a really tough decision. You know, I think you and I are... There's merits to both. There's merits to go yeah. both ways. There really is, yeah. Well, because you could easily chalk it up as like, listen, Bryce got hurt. Some yep. of our stars got hurt. Like, we're not going to win the World Series this year anyway. Yep. Um, so why would we do it? But at the same time, 11 years, yep. you know, 11 years without the postseason. So, um, it, it honestly, I'm at the I'm at the point where I, I don't really have much interest in rentals. You know, uh, rentals are fine, I guess. But if I'm, yeah, I agree, unless it's like nothing, like if we're taking on some salary or something and giving up nothing for it. Sure. But I'm not interested in rent giving up anything of value for any sort of rental at all. Right. Like if you can find the 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 Solaire Jack Peterson thing for like Pablo Sandoval right. and yeah, like Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Eddie Rosario, the MVP of the World Series or whatever, like he was he was bought for cash. Like that was it. He there wasn't even a player. It was, hey, here's money. Give us the guy who's gonna be the World Series MVP or whatever, the playoff, you know, stud. I guess Solaire was the MVP. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. So yeah, we're on the same page there. I just have this feeling with with Dave Dombrowski, and honestly, like I just, he's been good at spending money, but I'm really, I'm kind of waiting for the Dave Dombrowski trade because we haven't seen it yet. Um, but the track record of this guy is he's gonna go get aces. You know, that's what he did in Detroit. You know, that's he obviously got Miggy and whatnot, but he got Scherzer there. Verlander was already there. Um, it, we all know he built a rotation in 2014 that ended up having five Cy Young winners. He got to Boston. His first trade was Michael Kopech and and Yohan Mankata. Actually, it wasn't sale. his first trade, but but it was it was the big it was a trade. big one. Yep. Um, he traded the top prospects in the system to go get Chris Sale, and you know got them an ace. The nice thing about what um, Dabrowski has here is that he already has an ace in place, and he has Aaron Nola, who's a is turning back into the Aaron Nola that we always uh, were wondering if we would ever see again. But I just have this feeling that he wants to go get another difference-making arm, and if he does, you know, I think the bullpen could be could be fine. You know, I think they've they've kind of rounded the form a little bit here. Their ERA is like in the three fives uh, since Girardi's been fired, um, and 
you know, Sam Coonrod's on his way back. Jojo Romero's on his way back. So you hopefully can get some decent reinforcements there. If you can head into a, 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 a stretch run or hopefully, God forbid, a, a playoff a playoff series with whether it's Montas, Castillo would cost a ton, but man, like would just die. Um, and, and, and or Tyler Maley, you know, you go, you go Wheeler, Nola, Maley, Castillo, Montas. You know, you have a chance in, in any series, and I think Dombrowski knows that. I think he's a, a big starting pitcher guy. So, um, you know, I, I they got to be willing to, to, to lose one of the big three pitching prospects, I think, to get that done. But it's a really tough decision heading into a, a stretch run here where your team's playing well. They're showing you reasons to believe. And if they get Bryce Harper back, if you add one of those aces, if his offense can continue to, to kind of piece it together, Cassianos gets hot. There's a there's a chance at, at more than just a, a a playoff round here, so it's going to be fascinating. And frankly, James, like I just can't wait. I, I can't wait. I need to see what they're going to do. I need to see where this team is in a month. Um, you know, we got the draft this month. We got a trade deadline this month. There is so much that I just need to fast forward and get through because uh, it's pretty much all I think about. I love it, buddy. Uh, I I I know you, and I know that's where you're at, especially the draft. Let's not lie. Like, let's be honest. But that's most important. Uh, obviously, podcast presented by Miller Lite. Love Miller Lite. We'll have some cool Miller Lite events coming up again as the season progresses. Here, uh, Miller Lite celebrate responsibly. And let me tell you, by the way, the new bar of the week, the Miller Lite bar of the week. Shout out to Screwball Sports Pub and Grill. In King of Prussia, memorabilia line walls with tons of giant flat screens to watch the fills and enjoy $3 Miller Lite drafts. Name one of the top 10 sports bars in PA. Go right now to the contest page at 94WIP.com to register and you can win a $25 gift card to the awesome Screwballs Sports Pub and Grill. Miller Lights, uh, the best. We've been loving it. And obviously the uh, Miller Lights for Phil's wins has been going great and uh we appreciate everybody honestly there's nothing i enjoy more than like a pre-game at the game miller lights for phil's wins let's go type of stuff like it really does like lift the soul you know what i mean especially you know it's been a, a a sick week for me it was it was really nice seeing that stuff so so shout out to miller light and shout out to everyone yeah, listening. make james seltzer happy that's, the that's whole point of this that's, thing that's why we're here yeah. that's why we're here yep. so this is what we're trying to do here buddy that's what we're saying. Um, all right. Uh, again, shout out to Miller Lite. They're the best. Fritzy, uh, that's all I got. Uh, take back. Little bit of take back action. All right. Um, here we go. So I can't believe that they broke the soft jersey retirement of Cole Hamels for... Oscar Mercado. Oh, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have had this at the very top of the show. This is a disaster. Go, go, go ahead. My fault. I apologize. Well, for it's just it. like, and I know I have the, the Hamels bit where it's like, what cost in the World Series in 09? Whatever. Cole Hamels is a World Series MVP that is homegrown, that is is the second best lefty pitcher in franchise history. Maybe. I don't know. Cliff Lee. Whatever. Um, well, yeah, regardless. Yeah. He's up. I, Reg- I mean, he's up. And again, he's he's one of two World Series MVPs in the history of your franchise. And the other is Mike Schmidt. All right. So, you know. Yeah. And like, I, I just to, to, to break that for a, a, like a waiver claim that's gone in a week uh, and is already back with with the Guardians 
it's just like, what are we doing here? You know, like Cole Hamels means a lot to this fan base, means a lot to this franchise. You know, the, the Eagles haven't given out number 12 since since Randall. They haven't given out number 25, but those guys aren't retired. But it's a soft jersey retirement out of, out of respect for a, a, a franchise icon. And I, I assume they were going to break it eventually. I don't know. It just, it, it seemed like the wrong time. And I, I, you could have given any other number there, you know, and to, to kind of break a soft jersey retirement for, for, uh, you know, a, a backup center fielder, it just didn't feel right. And, and Cole means a lot to the city. It means a lot to bring a world series here. World series MVP was a good fill. And I just, you know, it, it felt, it felt weird in the moment. And I don't know why they, I frankly, I'm not really sure why they did it. It made no sense. It's like, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. What, what, what was it? guy was on the team for a day like I, I just it's crazy to me and even if it were even if it were someone legitimate coming in here i wouldn't have done it but but to do it for just some guy who you know is not a long-term part of your plans or whatever it's like sure kid take 35 like i i just it was absolutely insane to me especially like we've talked about how they've kind of set them up themselves up in a, a weird spot from that perspective by retiring holiday's jersey and you know i'm fine with it hall of famer one of the great players to ever play for this team certainly in the modern era but like you know like we talked about when you retire Roy holiday's number you really make a strong case that you kind of have to consider retiring the the four guys who won you the world series no four the the four core you know core four of that of that group and Hamels was one of those guys Hamels was the one who freaking won the MVP of the World Series was the most important guy in that run like as far as the playoffs went like I mean I don't know and 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 I could see them just retiring you know Jimmy Ryan and Chase or just doing Chase or just doing Jimmy or doing whatever like I don't know what they're gonna do but it feels really weird this whole thing feels really weird with the jersey thing and it just feels so avoidable yeah it's almost like there's something behind the scenes that like I, it just seems off to me. Like, why are you giving away number thirty-five? Like, even if I think I think Rollins, Utley, and Howard, I was always those three should have their numbers retired. No one should ever wear those jerseys again. But I like I, I was never a, a big fan of like retiring Cole's jersey because I, I I thought those guys were better. But I, it was a very weird move. It was very weird. Like, is a, another Eagle going to wear number nine? Yeah, it's just you weird. know. But like. But Hamels, but Hamels was a better Philly than than Foles was an Eagle. You know, I mean, it basically had the same kind of yeah, run. Yeah, and he has um, he had a better career, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So it, it was it was a really weird move, and I think they could have picked almost any other number, and it it would have been fine. So um, that's that. Is Matt Veerling starting to turn into what the Phils envisioned Scott Kingery being? Ooh, you know, yeah, like he's. He's playing third base. He played second base a little bit ago. He's played played all the outfield positions. He works good at bats. Like I, I'm, I'm turning into a, a big Veerling guy. And, and honestly, thank, thankfully so because I felt like last year I saw some valuable things that he did on the field, and it was frustrating being in this year. Uh, just didn't seem to be you know uh, the same kind of player that we saw at the end of last year. The guy that we've seen since since he's been brought back up, or since he had the homer off of Hater. That's a valuable player, and that's a good player. And he seems like a winner. Um, you know, he can play. It actually looks pretty good at third base. The one throw was just ridiculously bad. But um, it was kind of a rush play, so whatever. But apparently he can play second base, too. So, you know, this is kind of what they envisioned for Kingery. Shortstop, second base, third base in a pinch, center field. And, and Veerling's doing all that while working good at bats and, and starting to hit the ball, you know, hard. 
Yeah, I've uh, dude, and and seems to you know maybe be one of those hearts beats a little bit slower in the moments, guys. He's already had some clutch spots, some clutch hits, some clutch at bats. The walk the other night, they didn't win the game, but getting on base in the ninth. Like I just I feel comfortable with him up in a big spot, which is a lot to say for a kid who has not have a long major league track record. And again, to your point, like I mean, right now he's he's pretty much playing everyone the diamonds playing like he could play like seven positions for them essentially you know he hasn't played shortstop and hasn't really caught you know i think you could pro- i mean he hasn't played for his base but i think we could assume he could probably play the other seven positions for them which is pretty nuts you know so i mean like zobristian so to speak um yeah he's turning into a, a player a valuable piece a valuable piece a valuable piece and a winner so uh good for maddie v you know what I think is the biggest difference, James, in the bullpen management under Rob Thompson and the bullpen management under Joe Girardi? Common sense. Mostly that. But <laughs> but I think guys are being rewarded for performance rather than just having blind faith. Sure, sure. Like, <laughs> Jerry's familiar hasn't pitched in a big game in, yeah, ever since no I think Rob Thompson's kind of taken over. And Bilotti's earning spots and... and- Right, you know, yeah, it's a great point. Like Bellotti's starting to earn spots. Nick Nelson's pitching uh, in later, big, more crunch time situations, and had an all-time uh, like gift potential last night with the the check swing. Um, so like Bellotti's getting Bellotti, Nelson, Alvarado has been really good, which I still can't trust him just because I don't think he has any idea where the ball's going. But he's been really good. And then a guy like Canable, who w- was in the closer's role, was signed for $10 million to come here and be the closer of this baseball team go gets moved down to pitching in like the freaking fourth, you know? know, and like, like it's crazy, but has looked good recently. Yeah. And the other night the- looked, looked nasty with last night. Was it whatever? He looked nasty. Well, on Saturday he came with the bases loaded, uh, no out. Yeah. And, and uh, one run. Oh, uh, oh, uh, so close to like, I had my Corey period text ready to send to you. And then the walk, but it was like mm, so close. Yeah, but um, you know, I think he's starting to get some some trust back in in Rob Thompson and the fan base a little bit. And honestly, if you can get the quirk enable that we've seen for the last like five years, uh, for the rest of the season, that's the biggest trade deadline acquisition that they could even make. So, um, it's also nice that like Sir Anthony allowed a home run and no one had this meltdown that he's like te- terrible. They were like, ah, that sucks. You know, it's good that it wasn't complete meltdown city that Sir Anthony allowed one home run. So good to see that. Um, it's so funny. And I'm a Schwarber guy. Like, I think he's I think he's really important for this team. And one thing I actually noticed from the Brave series was Wednesday night. They looked like they were dead, just had nothing. And Schwarber came back in the dugout, like all fired up and seemed like it was kind of challenging the teammates a little bit like, let's go. You know, let's let's wake up a little bit. Um, you know, I think I think this is his clubhouse. I think he's a leader of this team. And um, it was funny. I guess Reese was on post game last night, and you know they're talking like, "Oh, who's doing the grill for July 4th? And he was like, "Ah, Schwarber said he's great in the grill, so he's got it." <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just, I just, I, I love Kyle Schwarber, and I think he's really important um, to the to this team. But it's so funny seeing the way that he's talked about. And how Reese has talked about while Reese has been just as good since June and, or since oh, Girardi's I know. been fired. I know. It's like reverential with Schwarber. Yeah. I mean, I, I know because Hoskins didn't hit, you know, 12 homers in a month or whatever. Um, but he's been like, a, like I think a better OPS. He's yeah, better numbers. Pro- better numbers. I think if you just looks like a slash line. Yeah. And I think he has like the 
second most win. I don't even know what this. I honestly have no idea what this means. But wins probability added. I think he has the second most since Gerard. Oh, I'm been a fired, big so. WPA guy. Love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, again, no idea. Um, but whatever. When it's about our guy, it's great. Then we're in. Great yeah. set. So it is just, it's interesting seeing how those two are talked about. Meanwhile, people are like, ah, oh, you got to trade Reese ASAP. It's like, well, he's been he's kind really of good, need him right you know? now. Kind of yeah. need him right now in this exact moment. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I feel um, Kyle Gibson, <laughs> like, I just think he lacks the the mental toughness to to pitch wow. here. Wow! Like I just, it's wow. just when when things you went, you went for not, the mental side. This is tough. It's tough. Well, no, it's just like when when things tough scene. go when things go bad for him, it always seems to snowball, and it, it, he can't just bounce back. And it, like whenever runners get on base, it, it, it seems like he's trying to like he's almost just wanting the guy to get out or wanting the guy to make a mistake than rather than making your pitch and having conviction. Like the, it just doesn't feel like there's conviction. There's a lot of nibbling. There's a lot of pitches around the zone rather than, you know, it's a lot of to the catcher rather than through the catcher. I just, it, it seems like it always happens runners on base or when things start going a little bit wrong, he just can't regroup. And, and fo- I mean, that's honestly, that's the, one of the 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 aspects of pitching is you have to be able to like things are going to go wrong. There's going to be adversity all the time, and you have to battle back and 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 make good pitches, be tough, and and not let a thing crumble. But it just feels like more often than not, things just fall apart whenever a runner gets on base or two runners get on base, rather than I'm going to make this pitch here. There's just the lack of conviction from Kyle Gibson um, is is really I think the the big issue and why he's never really been you know, uh, a, a good starter in, in Major League Baseball. He's always been an innings eater, this kind of stuff. But what, what takes a guy from being good to being very good and great is when things go wrong, you know, locking in and, and not letting things fall apart. And it just seems like he consistently lets things kind of fall apart. Are you done with your victory lap yet? I mean, before it's I mention a, I it, you, you get be. some shots in and then take back time. You're like, you know what? I'm going to round back and kill Kyle Gibson again. Poor guy. Poor it's guy. not that I it's I, I like him as a person and I want him to be good. It's just he's not very good. And, <laughs> and you like, hate and just, you hate him. It's okay. It's okay. You, I it's don't, like you, you I just, don't like rooting for him. I get it. I just want him to lock in. That's that's really <laughs> gotcha. really all I want. Gotcha. Um and my last thing is that we are now less than two weeks away from the one of there it is there Drew Gilbert <laughs> Chase DeLauder or Zach Neto being Philadelphia Phillies I have I have gone to the point James where I have no interest in a prep pitcher all these mock drafts oh, are like, oh, give me a bat hey, what have we drafted another prep prep starter for like give me give me a bat and let's go you know unless Dylan Les goes there I'd probably take him but um like I, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more out on a prep starter. I know there's some nasty ones. They'd be great. I get it. It's just we need have we need to get some bats in the system. So yeah, big um, time, dude, big time. Especially with the ones that have promoted have you know not shined at the men and long long time to go in their career. But you know with the recent promotions not shining, definitely could go for a bat. Yeah. So give me a bat and uh, uh, Brian Barber. I have full faith in you and James. Um, I need Nick Castellanos to pick it up because he cost me a second round pick. And there is a lot of talent that I want the Phillies to draft in the second round that I can no longer dream on 
because Castellanos is here. I'm happy he's here. I think he's going to figure it out, but I need him to do it soon because we're approaching draft time. And there's a lot of players I want in the second round. Yeah, there's no one I'm more upset with in in life, much less Philadelphia sports, than Nick Castellanos. You don't have to tell me that. No, no he's one. Making, he's making you look. Yes, good. no one has been a bigger personal disappointment to my soul than Nick Castellanos. Yes, to take that for what it's worth, Nick. You you've crushed my soul. Okay, buddy. That's how I feel about you right now. So that's right. He'll I'm be okay. About. Yeah, he better be. Better be Kyle Schwarber and hitting dongs. I cursed. Damn it. Yep. See ya. Right. Let's see if I edit that out or not. Will he edit it out or not? I don't know. So got a little COVID brain. Done a podcast. So got a little COVID brain. We'll find out. Um. All right. What else you got? I got nothing. I guess I'll let you go. And oh, enjoy look at you. I have two with... things. I have two last things. Yes, because like Emily's dying to go out and get some brunch and you know Zoe and all that. But I do have two things. Okay. Um, so these are my final thoughts. And if you have a final thought, you can go after, but quickly one, it is so unbelievably stupid that the Phillies are not playing on July 4th. Like, what are we doing here? What? Why? Why Jack? Why? It's July 4th and the Phillies aren't playing for no reason. Just saying. Yeah, it's weird. I, it, it's the first time since 1919 that they I haven't played it. on, I on July 4th. It. I like it. Re- like I'm. It actively, I feel weird today without the Phillies playing. I don't like it. Um, and my second thing, far more important, I really feel like there is not enough sympathy and empathy for me on this pod. You know, I'm re- I'm returning from COVID. I make a triumphant return. I show up my the morning. My wife wants and, and can't daughter can't wait to spend a day with me for the first time in a week. And like it was just like, oh hey, all right, let's do a pod. Like I felt like I, I wanted a hero's welcome, a return. I feel like I didn't get that. So I just want to, you know, a little disappointed. I'm just putting that out there, right? Just a little bit. Just a little disappointed. You know, open arms, um, I was hoping. Yeah, for, but, you, know. you know, I don't really, you know, I'm not, that's not me. You know, you'll, <laughs> no, it is like, it is the furthest thing from you that there is on this planet, probably. I just want you to come on. I want you to do your job, that's right. and I'll see you tomorrow. I'm like Belichick. I'm like Belichick. Do <laughs> you your are. job. You are. You <laughs> yep. are. It's so true. So true. You know, just come in, do your job, and leave me alone. All right, that's all I need. Well, what can I say? What can I say? I'm a lunch pail to work guy. Every day you see me, that's you true. see my lunch pail. That's true. That's true. It, yeah. it, it's it's tin, and it. Uh, <laughs> I got my hard hat. Yep. You, you got know, a sandwich and, and a little Ziploc baggie in yep. there. Yep. 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 That's yep. it. That's, that's thermos. That's who I am? A little soup in there, maybe. Yeah, I like it. Well, no, I would never. <laughs> soup is not a meal. Like, let's. Let's grow up here a little bit. Also, it's like ninety-five degrees out. Anyone I think the problem. I think the, the problem. I think the problem is you grow up too much when you eat too much soup. I think is the problem. Well, it's just the like, other how way. could anyone enjoy soup? Like, there's nothing enjoyable about it. It's not. There's wow. not great. Experience. I, lo- I love it's- that we're finishing with like a fire food take coming in here. The only good soup is clam chowder. I wow. like. Wow, what takes? French onion is the best soup, but. Go ahead, King. Two one five five nine two. Nine four nine. You got any final thoughts? Uh, I guess my final thought is that I continue to be proud of this baseball team, and I just I can't give up. And I, they you they won't, won't give up. Give You'll up. never give up. It doesn't matter yeah. what, what's happening. You will never yeah. give up. Yes. And they're showing they're showing good toughness, and I like that. So you know, I I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like this, I I hope they make the playoffs, and dying for them to make the playoffs. But it just reminds me a lot of the 06 team and how we started to see the, the seeds 
starting to grow a little bit of a of a next core and uh yeah hopefully it ends like 07 but it reminds me more of 06 um and uh yeah i can't wait for uh the draft and the trade deadline <laughs> that's the th- there it is we you can't wait for the draft the trade deadline and and maybe the phillies make the playoffs that's our life and it's a beautiful thing jack we're, we're all right it's better than it used to be how about that I think that's good. Oh, listen, just remember, if we were doing this podcast from 1916 to 1952, <laughs> or whatever, oh there would have been one winning season, oh you know, God. one winning season. Well, and it was like a barely over 500. Yeah, season too. well, as of right now, we've been doing it from like 2017 or 2018 to now, and we've had one winning season. So yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back later. Here's Fritz from Salzburg. We'll talk to you soon.